Welcome to another episode of The Basket Pod. I'm here again with Jack. And today we're going to bring on a very special guest. Uh, his name's Zach Noble. He's from the Four Seasons Podcast by The Real Ball Insiders. It's a great Apple podcast, a lot of great special guests. Two good guys doing a lot of good work. So, Zach, you want to introduce yourself? Say what's up. Appreciate that, guys. Yeah, it's Zach Noble here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. Uh, really just grinding away on our podcast, getting a lot of big-time guests on. Uh, been doing it for about a year and a half almost now, and I'm uh, 66 episodes in. So Maria Taylor is our latest one. She's dropping today. Sweet. It's a lot of good work over there, so check it out after. Um, so today we're going to basically discuss some head coaches who could potentially be on the hot seat this year. Yeah. Um, Jack, I think both of you, Zach, Jack, I'm thinking of a guy who's yeah. from a team in Minnesota who could potentially <laughs> be on the hot seat. Any opinions on that? Um, do you want to go first, Zach? Or I, I yeah, mean, I got this. So... Honestly, you nailed it. He's definitely on my list. I, I came up with a list of about seven guys who have a great chance of being on the hot seat sooner than later. And I love this topic. I haven't talked about it much lately and haven't heard many other people talk, talk about it. So uh, it's a fun thing to discuss hypotheticals and uh, really who's got the pressure on him this year, who's going to come up big um, in the most important situations. But for me, I had Thibodeau at number three and – Honestly, I don't, I don't see it not working out this year. Um, a lot of people are talking about the chemistry and whatnot. Um, I, I truly believe they're going to make it through the entire season, and they will make the playoffs um, somewhere between the, I'd say, four and eight seed. They're right in that mix. Yeah. Um, but all the pressure is he's got to make the next round. we got the talent to make the next round of the playoffs, and if he doesn't make the second round, he should be gone in my opinion. Um, that's that's all for Thibodeau. It's that simple. The formula is there. He's just got to keep developing these players. Um, he's a long story. I mean, it's it's scary how many people in Minnesota want his head on a swivel. I mean, <laughs> nobody, nobody likes him really. And in Minnesota, your expectations can't be that high. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of him, I mean, who else you guys have before I start naming some? I, I had Ty, like Tyron Lue not necessarily on the hot seat, but I think like they sort of might want to go a different direction depending on how this year goes. post Brony era. Yeah, because the East really is just like, it's such a mess right now. And like they still have uh, like a few decent players who can contribute. They still have Love and George Hill. And then like if you want to go deeper in that, like Corver and that, like I think that they might sort of just test the water this year and see how love de- or not love uh tyron lou deals with like uh some form of like a rebuild and then just sort of go from there i like i think he could be one who just maybe um not really on the hot seat but could his his job could be in a bit of trouble if it doesn't go the way the Cavs want it to I yeah say. um for me a guy that i think right away is could be scott brooks in washington yep. um I have him number two. Yeah, so for why? Because, you know, the Wizards has been the Wizards have been stuck at like a playoff mediocrity for the past few years now. They haven't really taken that next step with a pretty talented roster. Like, I don't know, a lot of I guess it's a mixed opinion in the NBA world with John Wall being either elite or if he's overrated. But in my opinion, I think John Wall and Bradley Beal is a very good like superstar core. Especially in the right. East. Like if you if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be um, in the East with a roster that has honestly a good amount of players, some good bench, uh, some good bench role players, like Scott Brooks has to take them to the next level. And if he doesn't, they need to go in a different direction for sure. No, I, lo- I love that answer because he is number two on my list. Sweet. Um, I think the first tier of guys is Billy Donovan, Scott Brooks, and. Tibbs, and then it just breaks off into another tier there. But I completely um, agree. He Billy Donovan would be the other guy I was going to say. Yeah, and my reason behind that is, like, you're right. You nailed it. They have the talented enough rosters, but expectations in the front office, um, ownership, and then the fan base as well. I mean, the Wizards have been close. I mean, they got the talent. They just got to put them together. And I've never liked um, Wall and Beal because their chemistry has never been – 
um, that hot. And now you're, they're bringing Dwight Howard, who is a cancer in most locker rooms, too. So yeah. I and think Austin it's going to work yeah. out. I, I believe he's going to put it together because he, he may mesh all his personalities in Oklahoma City. I'm not willing to write him off just yet, but I mean, if he doesn't make at least the second round and uh, or even midway through the year, if they're not in the top five seeds, I can see him getting axed pretty quickly. I think it was, uh, Jack, you mentioned Tyron Luke. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. No, I, I like that one. He was, he was towards the end of my list, but like, he's arguably fighting for the worst coach in the league. <laughs> yeah, he's... <laughs> He 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 didn't even he didn't even coach much like it was it was a disaster right. last year. It's go, it's going to be very interesting to see what he even does this year. Yeah, yeah. it's just I've yeah. always I've always had him ranked in my bottom five coaches in the league, and this is going to be the first year we're actually going to see what he can do as a coach. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, I hope he can raise his stock in in my thoughts, but like I've never never liked him at all. Uh, I don't think he's done anything for the team, no, and yeah. it's it's hard to coach LeBron. I'm I'm gonna give him a chance because of because of that. But uh, I, if I'm Cleveland, I have him on a very short string, and I think they still have pretty high expectations to win with uh, Kevin Love, and they they got a pretty deep team. I think uh, that team can make the playoffs if you have a great coach. I agree. I actually for sure that's a definitely like if you put Pop at the Cavs. Just not saying because you could put Pop anywhere and they could make him a contender, but he would definitely make them a playoff like team, especially in the East. Yeah, just I because mean, even East though they're not, even though they're not, you know, like they have Kevin Love and then they have a bunch of just pretty solid role players, and hopefully Clarkson and Nance are better post LeBron era in Cleveland. But like they're they're kind of looking at a team that's better than even the Spurs last year maybe who didn't have anyone and they still made the Western Conference playoffs with LaMarcus Aldridge leading them right. to the prom like you know what i mean so i think just because that 8 seed in the east this year is so no one really knows what could happen it could be Detroit it could be Cleveland it could even in my opinion i always say it could be a team like Brooklyn and if everything goes well with D'Angelo Russell but you know if Tyron doesn't really coach them well, and they're starting off really badly during the year. Like they still, you, Kevin Love's not going to be cool with that. They, they, like their roster isn't going to be happy with that. Their roster isn't that young. They're not trying to rebuild necessarily right now. Not not yet at least. Yeah, yeah. not yet. So th- I definitely could see Tyron Lou getting axed for sure. But the the question is is like how much how tight or loose is the leash that he's going to be on. Uh, it's, it's tight, as Zach said, yeah, I mean, like, they've already, like, they're they're sort of in a post-LeBron era, like, they're heading in a different direction, even though they, they re-signed Kevin Love and they didn't trade away, really, any other older guys, like, I still think that they're headed towards, like, a rebuild pretty soon. And, yeah, because like, Kevin Love's contract, it's I mean. Lo- yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting, I, I don't know, I think, I think it was more of just, like, of, like, good intentions by them because Kevin Love, like, did, like, go through, a, like, a big change when he came to Cleveland, and he was, mm-hmm. he always, like, he, he never started any, like, it was just, it was, like, an act of courtesy more, and, like, he, he, he wanted to stay there, so, like, yeah. you can't blame him, I but. Mean, you gotta think, they're not getting any players better than Kevin Love in free agency, so exactly. you when you have them, you gotta keep them, yeah. you gotta take the risk, it was a no, it wasn't yeah. a big risk, I mean, for them, I mean, in my opinion, because you're not going to get anybody better than that in Cleveland. I really don't. You're going to develop through the draft and maybe get lucky in a trade or something, but uh, it's kind of funny. You, see, you bring up Popovich uh, making he could win with any team, and I agree with that statement. I, there's there's three coaches in the league. I have four if you're including Spolstra, but um, you have one of these four coaches. It's a, They're a tier above everybody else. They can win with any roster in the NBA. Like I think they can legitimately bring any team to the playoffs. Besides, mm-hmm. outside of the Hawks, probably right now because they're so young. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's Stevens, Quinn Snyder, and Pop. Yeah. Uh, but it, with those guys, I, I think Cleveland's roster is good enough where you could have like a six through fifteen ranked coach or a six through twelve, one of those uh, mid tier guys, and still make the playoffs. Um, so we'll see if Luke can like slide in there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's interesting because the co- I have the eight, eight coaches that could be on the hot seat sooner than later, 
and all of them are considered, honestly, I'd say six, five or six of them are considered bad coaches, in my opinion. Um, but the only good ones on my list I, right now, I consider Alvin Gentry and Mike Malone. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring up others, Mike Malone. Yeah. I was going to bring up Gentry. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I got these guys is because it's, it's playoffs or bust. I mean, if you don't, the West is so jam-packed where three through ten could literally be any of those guys. There's only three guaranteed playoff teams in the West, in my opinion. And that's uh, obviously the Lakers, Rockets, and uh, Warriors. But any of those other teams that don't make it that's got expectations, I think their coach is going to be gone. So For all sure. those coaches are in there. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean, any other coaches you guys want to touch well, on? Um, I'll, I'll touch on Gentry real quick just because I've been a part of this New Orleans Alvin Gentry roller coaster ride. Um, so, like, <laughs> up, up until last year, you know, I I was not uh, – I didn't like Gentry at all only because um, – his offense w- wasn't seeming to work at all, and he's not a defensive coach. And so if you're going to you know, come into New Orleans with a superstar of a player like Anthony Davis, you need to have a really good offense, and it wasn't happening the past three years before this year. And then when Boogie came in, you think it helped the offense right away, but Boogie necessarily didn't buy into the system right away. So all of that, just it didn't work automatically, and it didn't work right away. So the Pelicans didn't make the playoffs. But this year, you know, we finally saw that high-paced, up-tempo offense, you know, go into work. And Drew Holiday really shined from it. And also, Anthony Davis had an amazing year. And I think, honestly, like, obviously he got an MVP nod, but people don't really realize how spectacular of a year he had and how spectacular of a playoffs he had. So for me, it's just like, obviously, you know, you have this great year with Alvin Gentry. He gets extended, but... If you go back and you take that step back to where you were getting like a 30, 34, and 48 as opposed to a 48 and 34 record, you know, he's, they're definitely going to ax him. They, they lost Rondo. They lost Boogie. Um, they're bringing in a new guy like Julius Randle, who I hope works, but I won't be, I can't make a really uh, knowledgeable prediction, in my opinion, without seeing him on the court with AD because, you know, he's not an outside shooter like Boogie was. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they gel together. Um, Gentry's coaching ability is really going to show this year. So the Pelicans aren't necessarily any deeper than they were last year. So if, you know, if they take steps back, then, you know, it. one, I think he's gone just because that the expectation is so high. And two, like, New Orleans doesn't want to lose Anthony Davis, so we got to do what uh, will make him happy. Yeah, I mean, I think I like the addition of Julius Randle just because you can uh, supplement him and Davis to go with Miritich. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love Miritich there. I think he's going to get even better next year. Me too. Uh, I'm a big right. Miritich guy. too much depth other than that unless – Trayvon Blue, it's going to come out of the blue and be a star there. Exactly. Or Frank Jackson, one of those guys. I don't necessarily see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of funny. Like, they had two players that were all NBA defense and Davis and Drew Holiday, yet they were a bottom five defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's very interesting. Offense and it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of that was finally getting the health of uh, Drew Holiday and each one more, so... Well, I mean, they'll be right in the mix. One of the things about them having, you know, the bottom five defense is that because their offense is so fast and it's so up-tempo, like, usually other teams kind of play with their pace. And we, like, the Pelicans want other teams to do that, but their defense lacks from it because there's so much focus on getting the ball down the court on offense that a lot of guys fall asleep on defense. Like, even... a all MB, all defensive NBA guy like Drew falls asleep um, on backdoor cuts all the time. Just certain things like that. I think it's not um, the defense isn't really established. It's more of just like keep playing, hustle. It's not one of those like coached, not one of those technical things for the Pelicans. So it, you're right though. It's very interesting how you can have two top five guys and then have a bottom five defense. Like it doesn't really make sense. But you nailed it, Heather. They were first in pace last year for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't know how much of that was due to Rondo 
Uh, Very true. It'll be interesting to see what they can do with Bella. I'm not a huge Alfred Payton guy. I'm not see. either. I'm honestly really worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We'll have to see. There is one other guy. I'm not... I wouldn't put him on the hot seat, but I would say is his expectations are, like, very interesting. Luke Walton... I was completely yeah, giving that up, too. Like, obviously, he's new, he's young, like, they're not... He's not on the hot seat, but that Lakers team, like, or that Lakers team, like, still has a lot of question marks about it, and I agree with you, Zach, that they're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs just when you have LeBron even in the West, but I think, like... I think now the Lakers have, like, a win-now mentality, even though they still are bringing up their young guys. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I just think, like, there's a there's a chance that they go out first round if they come up, like, a, against a good, solid, like, uh, West team. Like, they could go up against Utah or Minnesota or right. New Orleans. And, like, yeah. I wouldn't say that, that they're a lock to just breeze to, like, at least the Western Conference semifinals. They could easily lose no, in the like, first round. I can't disagree with anything you're saying there, and... Just because I think they're one of the top only three teams that are a lock to the playoffs, I think their playoff seed can be anywhere, honestly, uh, three through seven. I think they'll be anywhere in there. I have no idea. I got them right now. I think I'm projecting five or six. Yeah, that's uh, sort of right. Seeding, but um, I still, because of LeBron, they'll be a lock somewhere in there. And yeah, you're right. Uh, Because you have LeBron, I mean, people expect Western Conference Finals. Um, but as long as they make the second round, um, I think that's all he has to do to keep his job yeah. and have these young guys keep developing mm-hmm. and show promise in this team. Because nobody expects this team as constructed now to win the championship. Or I mean, some people might expect them to make it there, but that's just unrealistic with a team that young. and um, Them still being I, in the West. Yeah. I truly believe Luke Walton's like a top 15 coach right now. I thought they made great growth last year. And, they won more games than they. I thought they were going to for sure. And they dealt with a lot of injuries, and yeah. when they were all healthy, like Lonzo, uh, Ingram, even Kuzma was injured some games. It just it, it looked a lot better than it seemed. I guess I think a lot of the losses were when they were putting out their scrubs. If that makes sense, like yeah. it just you know they were definitely injury plagued last year. Obviously, they weren't gonna make the playoffs, but I think their record could have. Uh, been a lot better if everyone had stayed healthy. They're definitely yeah. a top injured no, team. Even towards the end, when Isaiah Thomas came in there, they were they were winning a lot more games. And Julius, oh, was, when they started, Julius Randle, I think, was the big thing. Yeah, Julius at the five. If big you guys guy. remember on that Sunday night um, ESPN like special game, they killed the Cavs. Oh yeah, just destroyed. Yeah. Julius Randle went off for like thirty three. Um, Isaiah Thomas had like um, a near triple double or something. It was just wild. Isaiah, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, they they looked really good towards the end of the year. What will be interesting though is to see if those players can still, if Luke can continue to develop those players with LeBron there. Because I mean, Lou has never proven he can develop players, but I mean the the young guys there all took a step backwards when they came there the second half of the year, and even then, I mean Tristan Thompson. Um, kind of stopped progressing as well, and a couple of the other guys, uh, Seti all year, I thought he kept declining a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting. It's tough to develop players. I've always said this, and um, grow your talent with LeBron. I mean, yeah, you need talented players around him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, like the last coach that I sort of wanted to touch on was Doc Rivers. Because he's 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 been at the Clippers for a while. I like I think Doc's done a good job there. Like obviously the expectations, he probably fell like a little short of them with the whole um, Lob City and Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. But now they're sort of in a like an interesting position because I don't think that they're nearly talented enough to make the Western Conference playoffs, and no. that's honestly more like because of everyone else in the West rather than them. But they're also too talented to just, you know, flat-out tank, and they're sort of in, like, a middle ground. And I don't really know, like, where Doc, go, like, what the expectations are for him. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve Ballmer obviously says, like, he wants to win. Um, we want to, like, recruit the best. So I don't know, like, whether he thinks that they should be making the playoffs, but I could see if they struggle and, like, maybe are the 10th or 11th in the West. Like, I'd, I'd say that they're probably 10th. Right now, 
but like it's it's kind of interesting because he has been there for like a, a decent amount of time and I don't think that they have enough talent to make the playoffs so it, it'll just be interesting to see what the Clippers like higher ups want to do with that when they like unless right. something crazy happens if, when they don't make the playoffs I'm cool with you having them 10th honestly but I mean I think they're one of my teams that are primed to make a big plunge this year uh, just losing DeAndre Jordan their defensive anchor uh, I think that's a big deal, but I, I do think like Tobias Harris is going to get much better. Uh, and uh, with that said, I mean somebody in the West has to take a plunge. Yeah, I mean somebody does. And last year, you're right. Doc has done a great job there. He was up for Coach of the Year because nobody thought this team would win anywhere near 42 games last year. No, yeah, and he was a couple games out of the playoffs, so. Yeah, he's exceeded expectations most years. As for, like, Log City era, I honestly don't think he ever really underachieved and just had Doc's right-hand man on Kevin Eastman earlier this week, and it was interesting because I think that's one of the biggest what-ifs of all time, um, that team, because they were injured every year. Everybody says Chris Paul is not a winner, Blake Griffin, but uh, they always dealt with injuries, so I kind of gave him a pass for that. Yeah, there was... There was one year where they in like, uh, where they were playing Portland, I think, where Chris Paul and Blake Griffin literally both went down like back to back games, and they just crashed out right after right. that. But they looked, yeah, they looked really good. Yeah, it's it's always just been injuries, and yeah, it's but it's right. Balmer Balmer has super high expectations, and um, you never know. I mean, they do have. I think they're a pretty deep team, honestly. Mm-hmm. They have they have some good guys off the bench with their it's, new guys and their. The the I think for the Clippers, like, they could be one of those teams that potentially gets lucky with other teams being injured, like Portland was last year. Like, um, Portland didn't really suffer any major injuries, and when every other team in the West really did, I think Jack and I have touched on this a lot, how they kind of, that three seed, that 12-game win streak, like... Yes, it was impressive, but would it have happened if they weren't playing Western Conference teams who were missing key guys? So, like, you know, if the Clippers do stay healthy, which is something that they've never proven to be able to do, I could see them getting lucky, you know, getting on a roll like Lou Williams with that culture, just Patrick Beverly, just kind of grind, just grinders. Um, You know, like, who knows what could happen? That's me looking at the more positive side of course but I obviously don't think they're going to make the playoffs I think it's definitely for these teams that don't have superstars and for these teams that aren't kind of in the western playoff mix but they're not rebuilding either it's really it must be hard because it's like you know what we're doing all we can to win but like there's only so much you can do there's only so much you can do to lure a big uh, free agent to your team, and when you're kind of going back to the second team in LA now, it, it's yeah. it's definitely gonna be a hard. I don't know, next couple of years for the Clippers, in my opinion. I don't. I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Jerome Robinson at 12th pick, only because no. he's a guy that people started talking about two weeks before the draft. He had a good combine. He was cool at Boston College, but I mean. Boston College's team was not good at all. I watched, yeah, we have a friend who's a big Boston College fan. Like, they got out in the uh, ACC, yeah, they got out in the ACC uh, conference, whatever, when they do the tournament. They got out real early versus NC State, who's not even good. And, you know, Jerome was good for them, but I just, they had another guy, I think his name's like Kai Bowman, just a guy who was averaging the same. And Jerome isn't one of those guys who has, like, a... Uh, superior amount of upside. He's kind of just like what you think he's going to be, just a good shooter, hopefully, and a guy who can play D. But, like, the Clippers, it's just, it wasn't, for me, like, the Clippers shouldn't have taken a guy like Michael Porter, only because it's like, why not take take a risk and try to get that superstar? And that's exactly what the Nuggets did, because, you know, they have Jokic, they have Jamal Murray, they have Gary Harris. And, you know, Millsap, but his career is obviously declining. He got injured. He's getting older. Like, they just, you know, it's a bargain. You just go for it. So oh, if, you're a team, no if you're a team that's stuck kind of in that mediocrity, the, the mediocre level, 
why wouldn't you want to just try to get that guy who was going to be the superstar, who was supposed to be the superstar before he got his back injured? And, like, they had two picks. Shea, obviously, a lot of upside, could be huge in the NBA. But Jerome Robinson, that pick just doesn't make a lot of sense. One, because they have Avery Bradley. Like, I don't know what they were trying to do there. Like, Tobias is there for, they need a three. And, like, Danilo, yes, you can say he's their three, but... He's been injured for all the time he's been at been in LA. He's been yeah. injured for the last two years he was at Denver. So it would, I just oh, the Clippers. I don't think their management did the best job in the draft. No, I I think yeah, you could have definitely. Pass on paper, no doubt. Yeah. Um. So do we want to the Nuggets? I, I maybe we can transition. But I want to talk about the Nuggets real quick. I think I'm I'm honestly I'm a bit surprised that Mike Malone made it through or like made it to this seat like there was a lot of people yeah i mean just from like from from what i like on twitter like denver like denver nuggets twitter was really upset with him like a lot of the media guys were sort of like a little iffy about it too i mean i think that they did get expectations honestly yeah um the, yeah, they they got unlucky last year. Like, I, like they lost Millsap for what? Like it was like forty eight game, like somewhere in the high. It 40s. was in the forties. Yeah, and and then that team, like, yeah, because he he was supposed to be their guy to like stabilize, sort of, because they did have like a really young team outside. Yeah, of that. for sure. But um, I mean, I think this year they probably make the playoffs. But I think if they don't, I I could see him being sort of on the hot seat just because of, I mean, like that team has. A ridiculous amount of just raw talent obviously it still takes like a lot to bring it all together as we've seen with like many other teams yeah. but um but i like i think that there's like a decent chance that they fall out of the playoffs i wouldn't bet on it but i also wouldn't be surprised yeah and like at that point i mean i actually like mike malone a lot i think that i do he, too like, he's he's sort of been a, a big part of like Bringing out Jokic's uh, best, same with like Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. Yeah, they, they're all of their young guys have played really well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and and, so, and and their yeah. offense has been really good too. It's just it. They're fun. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, it's just their defense sort of has to take a step, but it's it's hard when like uh, Jokic really just like as your center, like when you have someone like that who is just like really hard to build a defense around like that it's kind of harder like we saw that same thing with the Timberwolves like Jimmy Butler was a great defender like Taj was solid too but like when you have someone like Cat who outside of that one like 10 game stretch in January where he's <laughs> he somehow remembered how to play defense it's right. just it's just really hard to have your your like anchor be that big of a defensive liability because everything sort of just runs through it so yeah yeah I mean that's sort of. I'm with you, man. I'm really high on the Nuggets. I, I am. I think they have the talent to finish as high as the three seed. And honestly, they were competing for it last year. They were just one of the unlucky teams that had a huge injury. Their second best player, Paul Millsap, went down for a big part of the season. Uh, basically, all of it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, with that said, if he was healthy, they would have been probably the three seed. It's crazy how like just. A simple like couple of games. I mean, they came down to the last game of the year to make the playoffs. So Mike Malone, I don't think he's done anything wrong. He's met and exceeded expectations every year he's been there. But you're right; he's definitely on the hot seat if they don't make the playoffs. He 100 has to make the playoffs. This it's year. the new expectation. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's last his first year there. They won 33 games. The next year they won 40. Last year they won 46. Damn. So he's doing the right things. He's, these players are improving. I think he's got a couple all-stars in the making on his team. I love that core. But you're right. It's all about it. can they can they be a somewhat above-average team on defense. That's all they got to be is a top-17 team. They were yeah. top-23 last year, um, and they were – they're a top half offense, bottom half defense, but this year I think they're going to be a top five offense and hopefully a top 20 defense. Mm-hmm. So what do you think Isaiah Thomas brings to Denver? Not defense. Yeah, honestly, man, I think he's the guy that they need. I mean, that veteran leadership won, because I think Paul Millsap's really quiet in the clubhouse, but yeah. I think they need his loud personality and the excitement he brings, the, the personality and the energy. 
more so than anything, but also that he's clutch. Isaiah's really clutch. If he gets if he gets to ninety percent of what he was uh, during uh, his great year with uh, Boston, I just even showed flashes of it last year at the end of the year with LA. But um, if he can give him twenty five to thirty good minutes every night and becomes a really good playmaker, I mean he already is a really good playmaker, but puts that first and foremost versus scoring, uh, I, I, I definitely think he can help carry them to the playoffs and uh, even win a round or so. But, it's, um, yeah, just that spark plug and energy more so than anything. Yeah, it's it's honestly crazy to me that, you know, two years ago this is a guy who was in the running for MVP, averaged 28 a game. Like, it's obviously he had a – last year was really rough, but I don't think we can – take that away from him yet he averaged 28 two years ago on a team that was first in the east like Isaiah Thomas led that team you can say they had a great core because they did but when he went down in the playoffs they lost like it's that simple so for me yes you know he didn't work out with LeBron he looked a lot better at the Lakers but he got a one-year 2.1 million dollar contract like that's crazy yeah, Only because it's, it's because one yes the salary cap didn't go up a lot this year and so the oh, money yeah. was the money was very short like there there wasn't if you didn't sign within the first two days if you were one of those guys who waited kind of weighed out their options you weren't gonna get paid so for me just I do like Isaiah going to Denver I think yeah, I totally agree that he could be that guy that they need um, it just depends on how he fits and you know if he does like. I don't know. Could could he be that starting point guard again? You know, obviously he's not because they have Jamal. But you know, he's there for a year. I uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, he was live streaming and Anthony Davis like commented, "Hey, you should have came to the Pelicans." And like right. for me as a Pelicans fan, it's like, wow, like this guy averaged twenty eight two years ago. Why wouldn't you? You just made that splash. Like it's such an in the fact that he didn't even have that many offers. It's just all crazy to me how the NBA just went so down on. Like it just is crazy. Why he's Isaiah Thomas was elite. Like year, man, I really do, and I, I just I would have much rather had him in New Orleans. Honestly, it'd been perfect next to Drew Holiday. Exactly. Uh, Somebody who can cover his ass a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, it's. I just I think oh I would just love those. Pick and rolls with Anthony Davis and Julius Randle again too. I mean, those three together would be unbelievable to watch. It it would have been awesome. I I think it could. I well, so. We'll get that out of Joker instead. Yeah, we'll give it to the Joker for sure. So going in now that I'm thinking about it, going into like 2019 free agency a little bit. There's a lot of guys there. Um, a lot of point guards there. Do you think so? You got like Drogic coming out. You got Kemba Walker, guys like that who've been you know guys who haven't been ones to leave their team. They've been pretty loyal their careers. You think a guy like Kemba leaves to a team like the Pelicans in need of a um, of a playoff of a of a point guard who can take them deep into the playoffs? Or you think he stays for that money in Charlotte? Just like what do you think is gonna happen next year moving along? Just with how the NBA is forming now and how the West is so strong and how everyone's trying to build their own super teams. Man, this, yeah. this league is so fluid. Things are changing every freaking minute. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it, and it, injuries literally are going to determine all of next offseason, the money mm-hmm. and everything. Just like, uh, I mean, it's not, this year was more just because of how the cap played out in 2016, that storm. Uh, but... Cap space opens up a lot next year. Uh, as for Kemba Walker, we don't know if he can do anything in the playoffs yet. It's funny. Like, we have no idea. Yeah. So I think he's a great player, and, I mean, maybe he's underrated, sure. But um, I think he should, honestly, if he's as good as people think he is, he should be able to bring that team to at least the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs, in my thoughts. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it's... He's not a good defender either, and he's just, I mean, he's a good player. I, I'm not willing to call him a superstar or a great player by any means, but uh, he's had some unfortunate uh, 
things in uh, Charlotte with the health of the team and whatnot, but... Um, they also just haven't drafted particularly well. Right. So I, I, do, I do think he'll be, yeah, he'll be sought after next year for sure. Uh, I don't like the fit in him and Drew Holiday at all. Yeah, um, me either. But uh, it's, it's talent, you know. At that, that point, I mean, it's either... You either go by things in this league, do they pieces fit, or does the talent exceed the fit, is always my saying. And uh, I think a team like New Orleans, like that's why they kind of went with Julius Randle, because he's so talented, and they got him at the right price. Oh, yeah, um, the contract is awesome. Right, it's unbelievable. And Kemba Walker would probably be in the same situation, and just big name to help Anthony Davis uh, stay energized and believe in what they have going on there yeah so you guys are both mini guys um you know their their money situation could is difficult uh with wiggins that contract is right now yeah right now that contract is arguably the worst in the nba which (laughs) sucks because you know next year next year jimmy butler they like does he leave? Does he stay? Who knows? We can't make any predictions. We can make predictions. We can't make any assumptions yet because you don't know how happy he is just because he's Jimmy Butler. He's so confusing. He's like Loki. He's like the god of mischief yeah, in the NBA. I mean, yeah, um, it's just, it's like, I think the whole chemistry thing, like, and this is like as unbiased as possible. Like, I, like, I think a lot of it is overblown. Like, for, for like for like a good portion of last year like they they worked out like pretty well like obviously there were still times when Jimmy would get upset at Catter Wiggins for just like making a dumb like defensive mistake or stuff like that but like i think like i really don't think it'll come down to like how much Jimmy is like personally happy with Cat and Wiggins with mm-hmm. j- just as much as like how, how, how like how they do as a team like Right, it's all about winning. Winning solves all your problems. In yeah, life. it does. No, yeah. When the Timberwolves like went on that like tear in uh, January, like, I, like I remember like Cat was talking trash to like to uh, Jimmy on like Instagram stories about the like college football game, and like Jimmy was joking around. Like it's just like they were a much happier team right before Jimmy got hurt, and like I think that that's sort of just what stuck in in everyone's minds, and also it's just like. They they don't really play the most attractive game of basketball. Like yeah, it's it's ugly for sure, it, no doubt. It's like a lot of last second shot clock stuff like that. And I think that Jamal leaving actually solves like a decent amount of that because it was it, it was like a lot of him, Jimmy, and Teague just sort of pounding the ball. And like it's not as if it didn't work for the most part. Like the Timberwolves had a, like a really good offense last year, but I think like I just think sort of if they do start winning and they start looking better. Like, on the, like, on, like, to the eye, I, like, I think a lot of this Jimmy hates Cat and Wiggins, like, he wants to leave, stuff like that stuff will sort of just die down pretty fast. Like, I think that that's, like, like a very minor storyline this year if they start winning again, which I think they will. Like, they were, like, a very, like, solid team right before Jimmy went down, so. We're on the same page, man, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, it, it really just, you're right, it comes down to winning. But uh, with that said, I mean, we did bring in Anthony Tolliver. We got two good rookies, I really believe in, to help with some defensive issues. Um, in the same sense, all these guys got to do I personally like what he's calling them out. Like, maybe not publicly, but hopefully it wakes them up a little bit because they suck on defense. So maybe this will help. Yeah, and yeah. And that's and- all it takes, just try a little bit then your star player is going to stick around and then you'll win we're going to freaking flourish because we are naturally talented yeah exactly and like wiggins and cat being bad on defense is sort of my biggest pet peeve with them because they're both so (laughs) athletic and just like they have so much potential to at least like at the worst be like average defenders like wiggins especially is just like he's such an athletic specimen like First off, he should be better on offense, but that's a whole different story. But, like, just try on defense and he'll be good. <laughs> like, literally all he has to do is put in the effort. Yeah, he's and so lanky. Like, it's, it's it makes crazy. no sense why he's bad defensively. And Yeah, same with Cat. Like, it's just... It, so, yeah, so, like, I agree that Jimmy probably shouldn't be doing... Like, or, like, letting these... 
let like these these leaks and all this like happen publicly because it does put more like attention on them and more pressure and all that. But I do like the, like definitely him calling them out. Maybe they, maybe they need the public pressure though. Yeah, I I agree. But then it also just it just causes more yeah. like, turmoil around them. For I'm sure. I'm totally fine with him calling them out like on like on the court like behind the scenes all that. But. I'm gonna say a quick name right now, uh, James Nunnally, I, who honestly was my favorite Euro <laughs> prospect of the summer. I do not know enough about him to, well, to, to talk all, about. Well, all him. I know is I watched a few highlights when he was like his name was floating around in free agency, and you know now that we're in the NBA, in this age of the NBA, all you want is a shooter. This guy shot 55 percent from three yeah, last that's year. Stupid. Stupid. He's a wing who can shoot, which the Timberwolves. Didn't have all of last so, year, so yeah, I'll, like, I'll take it. Obviously, there wasn't much you could have done in the offseason, but I don't think you guys did an awful job. I actually I'm like really high on Tolliver and our draft. You know, like, Derek Rose is a guy, like, in a way, not like Isaiah Thomas, but a similar kind of, I don't know, the, the NBA mindset for him. Like, just a guy that seems so washed up, but just the fact that he was the MVP at one point, so young in his career, like, signing him back for two mil to a... Uh, roster and a coach he's familiar with is mm-hmm. not a bad idea at all. Rose actually looked good for like portions of last year. Like I don't know what 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 you think, Zach, but like so like some games he he like looked like he could be a solid guy off the bench. And obviously, in the playoffs, I was I was a little happy. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, he looked. I was yeah. I mean, as long as he's not taking Tyus's <laughs> minutes, and as long as he's just like sort of played, which he did, which he did, and yeah. and Jamal did, and then Tibbs tried three. Three Jamal guard lineups. That is none the worst lineup I've ever seen. Three guard game. lineups with none who could play defense. It was a disaster. But I mean, I'm more happy than anything in our off season of just Jamal being like he's a great guy. He was so good for the locker room and like he did have moments. He had a game against the Lakers where he was awesome. Like, but just so much of our defense, I think, and our bench struggling fell on him. And I'm really excited to see. Hopefully, Ty has sort of handled the ball more for that second unit. I'm not sure it'll happen because of Rose, but um, still, I think him being gone sort of solved a decent amount of the Timberwolves bench issues for sure. For sure. The, the T-Wolves are... I'm excited about the energy and defense these rookies can bring. Yeah. As for the shooting, yeah, Tolliver is going to definitely bring. He'll get a ton of playing time. Uh, I want James and Holly to get time. Will he? I don't think he will. I like... Uh, give him a shot because he can shoot the shit out of the ball for sure. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, that's that's always my biggest thing is Tibbs going to actually give these guys a chance. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't yeah, yeah. I mean, well, something the Euroleague is very interesting because you got, you saw with the Kings last year, like Bogdan Bogdanovich, he came in. Buddy was supposed to be their shooting guard for the future, and he kind of took that title over. Um, Darius Miller last year, the Pelicans signed him on a two-year min contract, ended up being a really good three-point shooter and was the probably the biggest key to the bench um, before Miritich arrived. Like, you know, there's a lot of just... The Euro guys, It's you don't have to pay them a lot. They're going to be disciplined and most likely good at defense. Uh, you know, I'm always pro-signing yearly players as opposed to, you know, just NBA vets who have gone everywhere, you know, just, I think, at least for the new age of the NBA, why not be trying to sign guys who are different? Why not be trying to sign guys sure. who don't really have that NBA experience but could potentially be really good players? Because I think we've seen... Besides for some of these young guys, we've seen a lot of the vets who float around now. We've seen their ceilings, so you kind of know what you're getting now. And it's interesting that Trevor Ariza, a guy who's like that vet that everyone wants, goes to the Suns because he wants that cash, but it's like, you know, why? Do you want to keep contending? Do you want money? Like, do you want to help a young team? There's just a lot of questions. Like, Vince Carter still... Oh, that was an ego play for sure. Yeah, Vince Carter's still signing with... Bad teams. He went to the King. He was at the Grizzlies. Now he's at the Kings. Now he was at the Kings. Now he's at the Hawks. So, it's it's interesting to see how these vets. Yeah, yeah. For he definitely, I love Vince Carter. I'm a big Vince Carter guy. Is he I, forty yet? He's yeah. He's forty one. Forty one. So geez. just it's amazing how he's still playing, but just the way that the NBA is shaping out right now and how it's 
like this is a new age that's coming to be the old you know grit and grind grizzlies i love i think their team's awesome this year but do i think they're going to be necessarily good no if their offense can't stay with the tempo so it's very interesting to see how like all of these teams are coming to be everyone just wants shooters defense is becoming a huge problem now because it's like if you can't play d you can't be on the court like the rockets the rockets last year literally were playing just harden uh paul and then just small forwards and power forwards because it was like and then capella of course but just good guys who could play D and eventually were hitting their shots and that's all you kind of want on these superstar filled teams yeah no, I'm with you absolutely it was crazy uh, how good that Houston Rockets defense was in the playoffs and that's kind of what kept him in that exactly kind of, it's exactly what kept him in the Golden State Warriors series PJ Tucker was unbelievable same with Ariza but it's like Who's going to be the new Ariza on the Rockets who can switch on to guys like Steph and stay with them, who can play all five oh, positions? There's, so There's sacrifice in defense this year, that's for sure. Yeah. So, okay, let's move into the Rockets for a little bit then. What do you? How do you feel about Melo? How do you feel about the James Ennis signing, Michael Carter-Williams, just the little signings they're making? I mean, I think Michael Carter Williams. I mean, they'll get a lot, little out of him, but I don't like him at all. I think he's I, I completely not agree. really even an NBA player anymore. I think he'll be on the way out very soon. Me too. But as for James Ennis, I think he can be a solid piece. They're going to get the most out of him, and uh, not going to fill in for Luke and uh, Trevor Reza by any means, but. Uh, I think he's going to be a piece there. Definitely, he's going to contribute. I I do think they're got they have one more move left in them. Uh, they really want to get rid of Ryan Anderson. I hate yeah. that he's just sitting there because I do think he can help some team out somewhere. It's his. Uh, it's like his contract is making him perform worse. It's, oh, for sure. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like the expectation the is worst. so high. But you know yeah, when that, that contract so happened. Um, I'm a little bit on the higher side, but I've always been a mellow guy. I, I think he's going to be a much better fit in Houston rather than Oklahoma City. The reason being, yeah. uh, I always state this, and that's simple, because Chris Paul and James Harden are a lot more uh, unselfish than Russell Westbrook, and it's as simple as that. I do think Melo can be himself and have success in the Rockets. He just has to be his more efficient self than he was last year. He just was overall terrible last year, and... I think the Rockets will allow him to be who he is, and they'll give him confidence to be more efficient, definitely. And I think he'll boost their offense to a level that they can make up for their bad defense. I really do. I I honestly hope so, because Melo is such a pure, raw talent that the NBA, like, you know, he's a legend. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. So it's, you know, it's pretty crazy that last year went so badly. I mean, he he only averaged I think sixteen, right? And he I don't think his percentage his percentages were in the low forties. So I just hope he can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I think he shot thirty three. Try that. Ten, yeah, like that's not you know. That's thirty five from three. That's yeah. I thought it was thirty five or thirty six. So basically, with Melo, it's just you know. How can we we talked about this on one of our podcasts and with Melo it's all about buying into it buying into a system not believing that he's still you know he's going to always think that he's this star he's very confident very cocky player um but like he's going to the Rockets now where they have two three honestly stars Capella's a star in the making for sure he's one of the best big guys in the They're league making, yeah I'm not saying he's there yet. yeah I'm not gonna say he's there yet either but I do think he's more important than Melo to the Rockets so yes how do you think like Melo is gonna cope with not being the third guy even I think they laid down the groundwork right away I think they told him like this is how it's gonna go but we're gonna allow you to be who you are you just got to understand your minutes are going to vary from time to time. Yeah. Uh, and you're not at the top dog here. So I think his expectations were Oklahoma City, I don't think did that. I think they just said, we need you, you're mellow, and 
Bush, I mean, he was coming off a decent year in New York, and they had no reason not to think. No, yeah, he was still averaging more than 20, so. For sure, and Mike D'Antoni is a top five coach in the NBA. Like, he's an unbelievable coach. Yeah. And he knows his type of player. They'll make it work, whereas Billy Donovan is a terrible coach. (laughs) The the, the only thing Billy Donovan, he's a pretty solid defensive coach, and I'm going to give him his props for how much he did on the defensive side of the ball last year, turning Russell Westbrook into a plus defender. I mean, it, it takes some sort of guy to do that, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> nah. but, but the problem is... was one of the worst in the league last year. Exactly, but, and the problem is a defensive coach versus an offensive coach in this age of the NBA, there's a huge difference. Definitely, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just like, with, with the Thunder, though... I think the Thunder are going to benefit a lot from losing Melo. I think there's not going to be as much like, oh, Melo needs the ball. I went to a Thunder Pelicans game last year, and Melo needs the ball a lot. Like, when you it, when you, uh, when you you see kind of how it happens, like, in person, it's just like he's very, you know, he just needs the ball. He's one of those guys. So that's right. kind of... Oklahoma City need that more free-flowing offense versus... The Rockets, honestly, they were one of the best isolation teams of all time last year. That's why I think they'll allow Melo to be Melo and just do his isolation from time to time. Just take turns, you know, and as long as he's efficient. If he's not efficient, it's not going to work, and things are going to crash there for sure. No, sounds good. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed that podcast. Uh, Zach, we loved having you on. It was a lot of fun. Good conversation. Uh Thank you for supporting the 17-year-old movement. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, well, that was episode 10. We finally made it to the double digits of the Basketpod. We hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, listen, subscribe, follow Zach on Twitter, follow Jack and I. Just please enjoy it. Um, please give feedback, though. You know, it's, it's nice to hear feedback from fans. Zach gave us some feedback. That's kind of how we connected. So, it's cool just to connect with guys in the podcast world. It's a new world we're kind of unfamiliar with, but we're just rolling with it. Uh, Zach, we wish all the luck to you and your guest stars. Keep keep rolling, man. Absolutely, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun, great conversation, and uh, reach out anytime. We'll be in touch. For sure, man. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Well, guys, that was uh, that was Zach. You know, really good podcast. Please listen. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah, much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you soon. Peace.